school, I think when young women are deciding that they have an interest in beauty and they're using their Instagram and other social media, they're only looking many times at people that look like them. They have no interest in beauty that doesn't look like them. So when they go to cosmetology school, that's too many times where their interest lies. Um, yes, we do have a lack of diversity in some of the cosmetology books, but I think if people showed interest, cosmetology schools would hopefully <laughs> have more education. And I do believe that that's slowly changing. So ways that we can um, expand the education is by having mannequins with textured hair, by having hair teachers like myself and so many others come in to show how to style all hair textures, also displaying within cosmetology books and classes, making it normal, normalizing people styling hair of people who are a different ethnicity from themselves. For example, a black woman styling an Asian woman, an Asian woman styling a white woman, a Latin woman styling an Asian woman. Because what happens is when the client and the hairstylist look so much alike, we're telling newer people coming into this industry that you only have to know how to style your own hair texture and that simply is not good enough. I'm just a hairstylist. How am I supposed to be a photographer, a social media manager, a receptionist, a marketing manager, and an entrepreneur as well? Welcome to the Secret Life of a Hairstylist podcast where we shatter the term I'm just a hairstylist and help inspire you behind the chair. I'm Samantha and I'm a hairstylist, educator, and salon owner, and I want to help inspire you with tips from how to manage your social media, to how to sell retail, to how to continue a positive mindset making you more money as a stylist. Every week, I will share my own experiences over the last 10 years, plus bring in amazing experts from all over the hair industry to share their secrets on success. So what do you say? Are you ready to challenge yourself, get inspired, and build your dream business behind the chair? I'm very excited to talk to you about everything. <laughs> so I would love for you to uh, share a little bit about how you got into the hair industry and how you got into the work that you do today. Absolutely. So I started about 20 years ago when I lived in the DC area and I thought I would only do school, do hair while I was in school, like a little hobby, but I absolutely fell in love with the beauty industry. And I'm so fortunate that I found it early. So I walked across the stage, handed my mother my degrees and, you know, stayed in the beauty industry. And one of the things I love not only is that we get to touch people and make them look better, which makes them feel better, is that there is such a variety of jobs in this industry. I mean, when I went to cosmetology, I never heard of a celebrity hairstylist or a beauty chemist or a beauty marketer or any of those things. So I have um, been shown these opportunities and I just think they're wonderful. Now I'm moving more into um, public speaking about beauty and the politics behind beauty, as well as educating and helping others who would like to be celebrity hairstylists and onset hairstylists. Nice. Yeah. So I know that we're going to really get into the meat of this conversation, but before we do that, um, just kind of getting into a little bit of the fun of what you do behind the chair. Um, so you work with celebrities. Are you just on set? Are you in the salon? What do you, what do you do day in and day out? For me, it's fortunately I am only on set. I haven't been 
um, full time in the salon in probably at least nine or 10 years. Uh, so uh, every day, my work environment is different, whether I'm going to that celebrity's home, their hotel room, mm-hmm. a photo shoot, a runway show like I did New York Fashion Week on the 16th. There's always a new and exciting adventure. Nice. So how do you get into for somebody who is wanting to get into the A-list industry or just wanting to work behind sets? What kind of advice do you have for stylists who are wanting to get into the outside of the behind the chair into more on hands on sets and, and things like that? So you got to work with um, the clients that you currently have. You want to really increase your reputation and be um, their industry expert, their hair industry expert. You want to take education. You want them to always regard you as someone in the know. You want them to regard you as someone who's highly skilled with amazing customer service. Your customer service is going to get you uh, further many times than just your skill. Can those clients trust you to be on time? Can they trust you when they refer um, their best friend to you that you don't tell them the other side of the story? Can they trust that you will have them out at the time you said you were going to have them out? Can they trust that when you agree to a look that you achieve that look and you never know who knows who or who's related to whom? So once you have built up your reputation and you let them know this is the type of work you want to do, they'll start referring you to um, their client, to their friends, their well-known family members, to doing bridal parties, to doing maybe shows or theater productions or local commercials and things of that nature, because you've shown yourself to be a valuable asset. And you've also shown yourself to be able to handle these type of jobs. You always have to start where you are and then work your way up. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just remembering that it's not just working, you know, you're not going to get all all into it right away, but it's just starting off small with little things here and there. And then eventually you will build up to doing the bigger, the bigger jobs, right? Absolutely. And sometimes you can have these A-list clients. I don't know if Priyanka Champra were to hire you, maybe she might hire you to do her little sister's birthday party first. Mm-hmm. Before you ever touch her, uh, what you don't realize is that every job is always an interview, whether you're working on them in the salon or um, that high top list client um, has hired you to do someone they know they're waiting for the reviews to come back to see the type of work that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You never know what kind of opportunities will come up. Um, absolutely. You're on their short list of people to work with. Yeah, absolutely. So is there any like type of schooling or education that you would suggest for somebody getting more into set work? Um, Are there any classes that you would recommend people taking to get to know more about uh, more about set work? Yeah, if you want to learn more about set work, there are a few of us out there that offer education. I offer education through the Monet Life Society. I also have a book out called Get Out of Your Own Way, 25 Insider Tips for Booking Celebrity Hairstyling Clients. And I go through what you need in your portfolio, how to present yourself, whom to pitch yourself to, what is a pitch? How do you get these jobs? You want to take ongoing education on the hairstyling 
But believe it or not, your actual hairstyling skills are not the highest of priorities. So your actual hairstyling skills are awesome. You really need to be able to do the job. You need to be able to style all four hair textures, straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and kinky coily hair. Those are just the minimum requirements of what you need to be able to do. Mm -hmm. But also, do you understand onset etiquette? Do you understand uh, discretion? Do you understand how to market yourself? Do you understand how to build your portfolio? These are the types of classes you want to take um, in order to work it, to work in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so what would be the the difference between on set work versus, or I guess the biggest difference between on set work and uh, working behind the chair because. It, it is very different. The styling is different. Um, so what would be kind of the biggest, the biggest difference between it, between the so two? So I would say the biggest difference is when you're in a salon, they come to you and your rules flow. They have to follow what you say. And on set, you follow what they say. So for example, um, in the salon, you know, you tell them that they can come in at uh, 11 a.m. and then you warm up and then you send them off to the assistant and then you decide how long the shampoo takes and the dryer and the this and then maybe you'll take in someone else. On set, generally when you're booked, they tell you what time everything needs to be done and you have to make it happen, period. So if they're late, you still have the same end time. If they, um, if there's a change in the schedule, you still have the same end time. Also, there's no shampooing generally on set. So you have to figure out how to achieve these styles in a much faster time. Um, you have to be better able to handle timing. I mean, that's the biggest thing on set because what will happen is if you ask the average hairstylist, how long does it take you to do a shampoo and style? They'll say 45 minutes, but we count the time from the time the client walked in to the time they walked out. Mm -hmm. So coffee breaks, bathroom breaks, all of that is included. So on set, if you're given an hour, they expect hello to goodbye to be an hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny just talking about that. I, I did fashion week in Toronto, um, probably three or four years ago. And uh, same ideas, like you have sometimes five minutes to complete a style and yeah. there's five people on that head. And there's also somebody yelling at you that you got 30 seconds left before they have to go out onto the, the runway. So it is, it is, it can be intense at times, but I mean, I, I personally love the intense. So <laughs> I, I, I strive for that, like just really, really busy um, type of atmosphere, but. Um, thriving under pressure is always great. If you can thrive under pressure, this is a great career for you. Absolutely. And I think that that's something really important for people to know too, because I've had, I've had some uh, uh, stylists in the past work for us that want to get into the film industry and they're very shy and timid. And I said, uh, you have to be able to, you know, take direction from people or sometimes even uh, give the direction yourself and really like be very, um, what's the word? Like you, you, you have to be very confident in yourself, right? You have to be confident in, in what you're doing and why you're doing it and who you're doing it for. And so um, being shy or, or timid is not necessarily going to get you there. 
No, it isn't. It isn't. <laughs> it is. It is not made for those with thin skin. Mm -hmm. Everything has an up and everything has a down. And um, sometimes people simply don't realize that uh, the pressure is a, a huge part. And I tell people all the time, you think, you know, so many things you think, you know, how you're going to respond to everything, but you have no idea until you're in that situation and under a lot of pressure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it like, it makes such a huge difference. It just having that, that confidence and being very, just being very confident in what, you know, and, and being able to either take it or give the direction. Cause yeah, otherwise you're just going to hurdle hurl in a corner <laughs> crying. And I know that has happened to some people. So, uh, yeah, so that that's really, really great advice. So, Kind of getting into the other side of it, um, you have just started the Texture Style Awards, correct? Yes, and I am so ecstatic about the Texture ah. Style Awards. This is going to be absolutely awesome. For too many years, the hair industry has been separated by texture and, you know, it's time to do away with that. It's time to really celebrate the hairstylists who are able to style all hair textures. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was really excited when I saw that because I know you said you're coming out with something exciting. And so I was like, oh, what is happening? Like, I want to know. So I was very excited when you had said that. So can you explain a little bit about it and what these awards entail? Yeah. So the industry is full of hairstylists um, who just want opportunities to showcase their work, showcase their talent. The Texture Style Awards are going to give an opportunity for hairstylists to have their work published in multiple publications. They'll be featured online. They can get one-on-one -on -one mentorship with an artist from Noella Company, a crazy swag bag, and bragging rights for having your work voted the best in each texture category. So the texture categories and how you apply, um, there's four categories, straight hair, wavy hair, curly hair, and kinky coily hair. You simply um, submit an image of your work uh, to texturestyleawards.com as well as a image of you behind the scenes creating the work because we really wanna celebrate the hairstylist. So what this is doing is showing the industry how important and how beautiful all four hair textures are, as well as how important it is for a hairstylist to be able to proficiently slay all hair textures. Mm -hmm. And we're helping um, those hairstylists who wanna step from behind the chair and do a little bit more, maybe get featured in the press, maybe work on um, films or TV shows, red carpet celebrities. And people ask me all the, all the time, how do they get to where I am? The way you get to where I am is by um, competitions and winning competitions and press features. In order to get these press features and interviews, you got to have something to show. So Texture Style Awards is here to celebrate you, your hard work, and your diversity. Oh, and for the hairstylists who don't feel as comfortable or as confident, don't worry. I'm teaching free classes March 1st and March 2nd on each hair texture you sign in, you watch them with me live, you ask any question um, that you may have about the hair texture. Oh, and most importantly, you don't have to have a photographer for this competition. We simply want you to take a shot of your work on a solid background and submit. It's all about the hair. You can partner with a makeup artist if you'd like. 
um, to, you know, do the makeup for your model to make them look a little nicer. You can partner with a model from a local agency if you so choose or your beautiful client with the beautiful hair and just let your work stand out. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying there too. It's just like taking the opportunity, right? It's just now people want to get into these different industries or these different sides of sides of the industry. And it's just about taking the opportunity when it comes. So I think this is going to be really, really great for a lot of people to um, be able to find these different areas in this opportunity within the industry. Um, so what are you looking for in the photos? Like, can you help people kind of give them some direction on, are you looking at like the overall style or the cut or the color or like what, what aspects are you looking at in these different categories? Sure. I can tell you exactly what we are going to be judging on. So there's going to be 30 or so judges from all throughout the industry, whether they're salon owners, celebrity hairstylists, master colorists, Wella representatives um, who will be judging. And then we're gonna choose the top 10 from each category. And then we're going to do an online vote. So people can um, come online on the Texture Style Awards um, Instagram page and vote. So, um, everybody has an equal amount of chance of winning. And we have so many professional judges because we want a wide variety of specialties. So what we're gonna judge on, um, the first category is gonna be on texture to make sure that the image submitted is um, in the category that is dominant. So for example, if you're submitting in the curly hair texture category, the dominant hair texture must be curly. Okay. The second category is gonna be shape there has to be symmetry within the hairstyle, a clearly defined shape. The third is going to be the hair health. The hair has to appear to be healthy, which is normally displayed by shiny, voluminous, um, full hair. The fourth category is detail. We don't want visible hair extensions. We don't want visible hairpins, color stains, bald spots, flyaways, you know, make it look really nice. Make it clear that you took your time <laughs> to create the image. Um, category five, the image. The hairstyle has to be the main focus. Um, the background needs to be solid or non-distracting. Like we don't want cords, people walking through the background, things of that nature. And the sixth is the appeal. So is it visually appealing and it's, is it attractive? Do we look at this hairstyle and really like it? Yeah. So I think that that will help a lot of people. Cause I know sometimes you get into these, uh, different, um, uh, awards or competitions and sometimes so people just don't know where to start. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's great. I love that. Thank you. Um, so what was kind of, what was it? Um, what was your inspiration that really, I guess, inspired you? <laughs> to uh to start these awards because i know that you said you've been talking a lot more about diversity and inclusion within the industry so tell us a little bit about what it is that really inspired you to create these awards so i decided to create the awards when i could no longer ignore the lack of diversity and inclusion behind the scenes um you know there have 
been many conversations on the lack of diversity and inclusion on magazine covers, TV shows, movies. And I say, if it's a lack of diversity in front of the camera, what do you think it is behind the scenes? It's clearly a lot less diverse. And then I was um, challenged by many people, like, where did these problems start? And I had to look back and say, hold on, these problems go all the way back through cosmetology school. They go back through the um, regular salon. So I said, well, what would entice hairstylists to value learning all four hair textures? And I think the things that would entice um, hairstylists is seeing the beauty, seeing um, the ability to style all of the textures. And that would even help them to get to higher points in the industry, whether it's working behind the scenes or runway shows or things of that nature, just challenging them to understand that it is important to see the beauty in all um, hair textures. And I thought, well, if I were a hairstylist, what else would interest me? And prizes interest me, <laughs> you know, winning a lot of prizes from the Wella company, who's a sponsor, as well as from professional. So having more products and tools for your kids, um, having a discount code to be able to get products and tools um, would inspire me. And we're offering that from both from Pro and Wella. It would um, inspire me if I had one-on-one -on -one training with a brand um, ambassador, a lot of people want to understand how to get to these positions. So I am aligning the two together. So you can no longer say, well, no one would ever hire me or I don't know how to get there. I would be inspired by having my work published all over hair media. All of these things would stand out to me. So we offer it. That's awesome. Yeah. So what, like, I, I noticed you had said, like, going back to the schools, it's really true that there is a lack of diversity uh, in the industry. Really, it is starting in the schools. And, and we're not learning a lot of different textures. Um, I remember even going to school, like, I, I really didn't learn a lot about textured hair. Um, so what would be your advice to people to kind of get into more of textured hair, get more inclusive in their salons um, and, and just educate them more on, on different hair textures. But I think just, yeah, really going back into the schools, like where should people start? If that makes people, sense. <laughs> I think it even goes further back from the school. I think when young women are deciding that they have an interest in beauty and they're using their Instagram and other social media. They're only looking many times at people that look like them. They have no interest in beauty that doesn't look like them. So when they go to cosmetology school, that's too many times where their interest lies. Um, yes, we do have a lack of diversity in some of the cosmetology books, but I think if people showed interest, cosmetology schools would hopefully <laughs> have more education. And I do believe that that's slowly changing. So ways that we can um, expand the education is by having mannequins with textured hair, by having hair teachers like myself and so many others come in to show how to style all hair textures, also displaying within cosmetology books and classes, making it normal, normalizing people styling hair of people who are a different ethnicity from themselves. For example, a black woman styling an Asian woman, an Asian woman styling a white woman, a Latin woman styling an Asian woman. Because what happens is when the client and the hairstylist look so much alike, we're telling newer people coming into this industry that you only have to know how to style your own hair texture. And that simply is not good enough. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's, there's just, there has been, and I think up until the last couple of years or even year, um, there really hasn't been a large amount of uh, education on textured hair. And it, it has been really hard to find, find that for people. And I think I, I think what's kind of helped though too right now is because we are in a virtual world that they're you're able to find education like across across the seas, you know, across the ocean. And so um it's making it a little bit easier for people to find, but but you're just slowly starting to see more and more educators come out with with textured hair classes. Well, see, that's the interesting thing is that this hair, this um, hair texture conversation, hair texture educators have been here. They just were not receiving the press and the attention. So if you didn't personally know them or go and seek them out, they're not coming up when you're texturing hair education. Like, I don't want to be known as a texture educator because that's synonymous synonymous with, oh, she does black hair. I do all four hair textures. And interestingly, 70% of the world has hair that's considered textured. It's the minority. Straight hair is the minority, but it's also um, what so many people think is the pinnacle of beauty. Mm-hmm. So we hair educators have been here. It's just we weren't really um, in vogue. So people are just now starting to seek us out. Thankfully, the bigger brands are starting to um, put educators who can style all hair textures or namely black educators in the light so that you can see, hey, we're here. We exist. Um, This industry can be so separated that you'll have brands who do have um, educators of different cultures, but they pick and choose when they want to show them. So if you're looking towards a major brand and you only see white educators who do straight hair, you assume that that's all you need to know. That same brand may have educators, um, you know, with curly hair who style kinky, coily hair, but you don't see them because they're at the smaller um, regional hair shows, Mm -hmm. not on the main stages at the larger hair shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I was having an interesting conversation with a a girlfriend of mine and we were talking about, um, becoming specialists in different fields. And, uh, now that there has, has been so much more, um, what's the word? Uh, um, there there's, there's been just like, it's been talked a lot more about, I can't think of the word right now. Sorry. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it's been highlighted a lot more, uh, talking about like texture and curly hair and African-American hair and all that. And, uh, and now people want to just jump on the bandwagon and say, well, we, we do curly hair too, but have you actually been trained in it? You know? And, exactly. Yeah. And have you, uh, like, they're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a curl specialist now. Or, you know, some people are like, I'm a balayage specialist or I'm, I'm a whatever kind of specialist, but like, what kind of training have you taken to be able to become that specialist? Exactly. Um, yeah, you can't just say like you're interested in it. So, and, and that's what you only want to do. But what kind of education have you taken in it? So, what's your kind? Of, what's your take on kind of people uh, wanting to become all inclusive in their salons and um, maybe not having the education? Where is even the best classes, in your opinion, to take um, that people can easily find? 
So there are so many online classes, like the Monet Life Academy has instantly available classes, but I do have salons um, to fly me out and have me come in and do half day and full day trainings. And um, as well as the other educators I know, simply it's about, and I managed this along for many years on Capitol Hill. So I know that getting buy-in from your stylist is not always the easiest. It starts from the top. Um, you have to show the importance, not, oh my God, now we got to do all hair textures. It's wow. Now we have this great opportunity to learn. Um, COVID has slowed us down a little bit. Is that stressful? Yes. But that means that maybe we can um, take the time now to have an in-service education class, have an educator come in with a small amount of um, students there and teach them one-on-one, -on -one. have the mannequins or have models and teach them one-on-one. -on -one. You have to start from the beginning saying this is something you're really excited to do, not something you're forced to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So what would be kind of finishing it up here? What would be your um, perspective on some ways that um, not only the film industry, but like salons, uh, the, the in, I guess the industry in general, salons, the film industry on set, all that um, can increase the, the diversity in their space. Um, not just in like the service aspect in, in learning how to cut curly textured hair, but how can they uh, increase the diversity in their space? What are some takes on, on that from your perspective? So the first thing you want to do is take those classes to learn the things that you don't know, whether it's styling, whether it's cutting, whether it's um, coloring curly and kinky hair, learning the terminology. You also want to do things like photo shoots um, where you display your work. And when you display your work, you don't want it to always be one race and one and or one hair texture. You want to really mix it up. And this is how you will attract those clients coming in. Clients go to people that look like them. So if you have um, a black girl on the cover with straight hair, you're going to attract that. If you have a white girl on the cover with red curly hair, you're going to attract more redheads and curly hair. If you have a Latin girl um, with kinky hair, you're going to attract more of that. So just have a diversity. One, it's going to help you market your salon in general. Two, it's going to give you better artwork in the salon. Three is going to attract those clients and make sure to keep your stylist up on those education. Styles are constantly changing, whether you want them to be educated in hair styling techniques or hair extension techniques or hair color techniques, doing quarterly classes will only benefit your salon. It'll make your salon more competitive in terms of having workers and employees. And in terms of the clientele you bring in, we all want to max out on the money we can bring in and, you know, everybody's money is green. So we want to find different ways of attracting it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you for that. Uh, so just what is like last question here? I want to know. <laughs> is, oh, take your time. I'm in no rush. Take your oh time. yeah, no, no, for sure. I, uh, I don't want to keep you away from your busy schedule, but speaking of schedule, uh, that kind of weirdly wrapped into that. Um, what, uh, what is the day in the life of Monet? Like, how do you organize your day? Cause I know you're a busy gal, you have lots on the go and, and, uh, are, are doing so many shoots and, and different events and all of that. 
how do you kind of like organize your day? Cause I, I'm, I love organization. Um, today was not an organization day, but, <laughs> but, uh, what is a day in the life of Monet? You know, my days are never, ever the same. <laughs> uh, so I would say if I am working that day, I'll probably wake up two hours, two and a half hours before I need to be wherever I'm going to be. I eat on my way, do the shoot many times. Um, it's, you know, mapping out, figuring out how to get to where I'm going to go. Um, start mapping out ideas of the shoot on the way there sometimes the night before because I may need to bring specific hair extensions or hair products or hair tools um, get there style their hair many times if they're if it's a work day with a client it's a minimum of an eight to 12 hour day um, so you know you have to do what you have to do to stay in um, good spirits to stay welcoming um, understanding that my job is to help the client be in the good mood um, and then you know packing up coming home and doing it again now those are my work days my out of the house work days but I have now more in the housework days, which are waking up late mornings, um, doing a bunch of phone calls, a bunch of emails, a bunch of pitching, a bunch of scheduling, generally writing a few magazine pieces, sometimes shooting videos, um, marketing, social media and meetings. And generally my days will go to at least 4 a.m. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are my days. <laughs> I think that that, well, and you know, it, I'm always curious of people who work in the uh, celebrity industry and it's always fascinating to hear like how their days go. And so many people are like, oh, I want to work with celebrities. It'd be so cool. And all these things and it's so glamorous and all that, but it's a lot of hard work and people don't yes. realize that. So it, as much fun as it can be that there, there is a lot of hard work that goes into it and, and some really tiring days. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, it is the opposite of glamorous. It is absolutely the opposite of glamorous that I can attest. Um, however, it can really pay off, you know, um, that really makes me think about my week, you know, pre COVID, I would do all of that. And then sometimes my marketing might be done on a plane because I'm going to another city um, or in the sky, I am scheduling my hotel and my Uber and things of that nature for when I land in a city that I've never been to before. And I'm just hopeful that I get there, you know, hopefully everyone <laughs> please. Yeah. But, you know, thank God for technology. I, I love Google. Google has made my life so much easier from Google Maps to the calendar. It's been really helpful in Google Drive, the docs. Um, I, there's definitely room for more organization. Um, it's it's um, organized chaos, I would say. Um, many times I have to completely stop and close my eyes and say, yes, I understand so much is going on around you. Prioritize what needs to be done right this moment. And there's always something that needs to be done right that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, like there, there's, it's always going to be busy. There's always going to be stuff on the go, but, uh, uh, what would you say is like the best, the best thing about doing your job? Like, what do you enjoy the most? I would say I love 
of the basics of making women feel good and look beautiful um, on a larger scale. I do love seeing my work published in magazines and billboards. That, that's something as a little girl, I just could never foresee. Um, and I do enjoy my clients who use their hair to make political statements like their natural curls and their natural coils to say, um, my hair is beautiful. Um, and I even have Asian clients who have really straight hair and they like to use their hair as a political statement as well. We won't curl their hair at all. They always want to um, appear Chinese. And they say, you know, Chinese hair is not generally curly. So I, I really appreciate my clients who use their beauty, beauty um, to open doors and start conversations and the ones that allow me to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we take for granted a lot, too, is is the power that hair has. And I think I, we don't realize it sometimes um, that, you know, part of a shoot that okay, well, we're looking at the person, the clothes, whatever, but like hair is so, so important. And it it's really- the frame, can, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It can really, it can really frame, uh, frame a statement and, and really, yeah, it can, it can really say a lot. And so I think, yeah, we definitely take that for, for granted sometimes and forget that. Absolutely. So yeah, I, I just love what I do. I never would have dreamed that my life would look this way. And I remember when I started 20 years ago and I would talk to people like I had just heard the term celebrity hairstylist and no one knew what I was talking about in the DC area. There was no one to go to and ask. So this is why I wrote the book, Get Out of Your Own Way, because people would tell me really bad advice because they didn't know. So I would end up doing a lot of things wrong and had to come back and fix it. So I was in my own way <laughs> a lot. And I love um, being able to come up with concepts like the Texture Style Awards, things that will help other people realize their goals and um, catapult them into further levels of, of success. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Amazing. Uh, so before I forget, uh, where can people find those classes that you are offering for these Texture Style Awards? Everything is at texturestyleawards.com, texturestyleawards.com, and at texturestyleawards. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, you'll have those dates on, on your website and on social media. Your March 1st. The dates for the free classes are March 1st and March 2nd, and you can enter the Texture Style Awards now through March 27th. Perfect. Awesome. I will definitely be signing up for that. So <laughs> please do. And please yeah. tell all of your friends, please do, please do. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here and, and speaking with me. And uh, I'm glad that our dates finally coincided that we were able to, to meet. Um, but uh, where can people find you and uh, learn more about you? And also what is coming up for you other than the Tile Texture, texture Style Awards? But uh, what else is coming up for you in 2021? Oh, I have a few other sneaky things. But right now the focus is solely on Texture Style Awards. Mm -hmm. And they can find me at Monet Artistry. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this episode of A Secret Life of a Hairstylist. For all the information that Monet just talked about, I will post it in the show notes as well. It will be on the website as well, so samanthalacoste.com. You can check everything out there. I will have it uploaded soon. 
as well for any other information i have started posting some blog posts are already up on the website so you can go check them out there i will be continuing to post uh, throughout this month so any information that you guys want i can definitely share some expertise in that but for now i would love if you could leave a review on your podcast player and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode i would love to continue sharing things so if you have anything else any other topics then send me a dm let me know and i can either share my expertise or find somebody who is amazing in that field so let me know And again, thank you for listening and we will see you on the next episode.